millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. This is a video game podcast, Peter. It is, yeah, that's, that's you're right. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, today, this week, I should say, we are sponsored by a company that we're very proud to call a partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week's Triple Jump podcast is brought to you by... Uh, um, Super Mario Plumbing. When you need a when you need your pipes cleaned, there's no one better to call than the than the than the round the round mustache man. You got you got a big goomba clogged up. You got a goomba end. in there. You got a you got a goomba out. Yeah. Called Super Mario Plumbing. Right, they'll clean you all all the way through the all the way through your households. They'll go. They'll they'll. Oh boy. Whether it's poopers or coopers, they'll yeah stick it up your. Stroop, super, super, du- super duper, duper, super Mario super Bros. Mario. Plumbing. Thank you for the kind sponsor. It lets us keep doing this every week. Yeah, thank you. Um, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do it without their help. So thank you. Uh, this is a video game podcast, not a an athletic athletics competition uh, podcast, uh. which I do feel the need to clarify because um, I've certainly noticed. You might have noticed as well, mm. and we've had a couple of tweets too. People are starting to get legitimate athletics competitions in their suggested YouTube feeds. Unfortunate, really. But you know what? Eventually the algorithm might work it out. Yeah, we'll we'll be more popular than than the Olympic sport triple jump. And possibly, like, people who actually are watching athletics stuff on the regular on YouTube, if if the algorithm also knows that they're sort of video game fans as well, we might be the first person to get recommended to them. Our viewing audience, on average, could be the fittest and most powerful viewing audience I've kind of in the history of YouTube. But maybe we should have chosen a more popular, well-known sport. Maybe we should have just been called football. Just team fo- football. Just football. Yeah. But we don't talk about football. It's just video games. No. Can you imagine the crossover there? Loads of people like God. the footballs. It'd be amazing. So although, I'm told. Although I, I'd, I'd imagine that we'd struggle with uh, sort of sticking out just as much as we we do already in in a very bloated video game YouTube landscape. You're right. If we want to dub- double or nothing, I feel like we could come out perhaps losing more. Well, if I, we called I think it, we, if I we think just we called double. it football. Yeah. Anyway, let us know what you think we should rename to next time we get sued. 
Question one, Peter. We didn't get sued. We didn't get sued. We never got sued. We got Pendle scandaling. Yeah. Uh, first question, Peter, comes from Ryan. Ryan All Gri- these questions. Sorry. Griffin. Gri- sorry? Ryan Griffin. Ryan, well, Ryan Griffin. Well, well, well. All questions come from patrons, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Yes. The real reason that we're able to do this stuff is because of all the kind people who support us at home. Thank you, everyone. Ryan Griffin says, with Sony and Nintendo moving away from E3 to focus more on their own conferences, State of Play and Nintendo Direct, do you think E3 as a concept is at risk? Do you think more companies and developers will pull away? I, uh, I'm inclined to say no. I think it's quite telling that, like, even though certain companies aren't technically officially at E3 this year, mm-hmm. you know, they're probably, I mean, some are confirmed to and some are suspected to be going to be doing stuff around E3 week anyway. Yeah. You know, everyone kind of knows that that is just the video game week. And, uh, like, for example, my, my beloved, uh, Beyond Good Evil 2 is confirmed not to be at E3 now. Right. But they're doing a developer's live stream in like the first week of June. So, mm. you know, they're, you know, I, that's only just a, a small sub studio who work for Ubi. But uh, it's that kind of thing. Is I suspect we'll have a, I think there will be a state of play um, around E3 week. So yeah. even though people officially aren't there anymore, I'd like to think there's always going to be this sort of week every year where everyone does all their video game stuff. Even if, People do start pulling out of E3 more and more. I don't know. What do you think? I, th- I think you're bang on there in terms of uh, there, there's probably going to be a state of play or mm. some kind of stream. As yet unannounced, E3 at the time of release of this podcast on Saturday the... Is it the 1st of June? Saturday uh, the 1st of... Saturday the 2nd? Yes, it is. Yeah. Saturday the 1st of June when this podcast is going out. Um, it's not next week. It's the week after. It's technically E3 yeah. week. But at the end of next week on Sunday, Microsoft are having their conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- as it stands, there's no... Uh, and now I'm talking about at the time of recording because yeah. it, between now and release, there might be a state of play announced. But PlayStation just did a live stream for Death Stranding, which we'll talk about later on. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Lots of it's it's been changing for a while. Nintendo w- was sort of the first big company to say we're not doing a live conference anymore. Yeah, we're going to start doing these Nintendo Directs. But even so, they've always had a big Nintendo Direct at some point scheduled during E3 week. Yeah, State of Play, PlayStation's alternative, currently doesn't. And PlayStation have been at every E3. I think. M- Including the first one, mm-hmm. all the way back in in the early, not the early, in the in sort of mid to late nineties, years ago. So yeah. this is the first one where they're not physically there uh, for for a very long time. Microsoft, I think, will continue to be there because they've always had a really strong third party showing. Right. Yeah. So they've always shown lots of third party games. It's where you used to get your Call of Duties and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, you're right. And it's where From Software are rumored to be. Bethesda is still there this year. Square Enix are going to be there this year. We'll talk about Square Enix a little bit later on mm-hmm. as well because yeah. they're showing something that's pretty cool. Um, there's the PC gaming show, which neither you or I have any particular interest in. Because EA have just released their schedule. Yeah, and well, that's the thing. EA aren't having a conference, well, exactly, but they are having but... a live. They were going to have two live days of streams yeah. showing various things off but but now it's one they -hmm. put it down to one day yeah uh so e3 is certainly changing i don't think it's going to go away but certainly the more people who are no longer there um you know the the less 
likely it is that there's going to be sort of a central gathering. As you said, I hope there's still a week where everyone says, let's all bring a thing along to show off to people at home. Uh, But in terms of actually being at the LA Convention Center where they've been for so long, Mm. you know, if PlayStation is just like, nah, nah, like not only are we not going to have a conference, but we can't even be bothered to come and show our games. Yeah. Uh, You know, physical presence is still a big aspect, I think. I don't really understand what why it's being apparently it's a it's a smart move now various companies are doing it to not have a conference at e3 i don't get why people have sat down in a boardroom and come up with this really great idea that where it's like we're not going to do that massive conference that everyone gets really excited about and watches Mm. you know why that seems to be like the clever thing to do now going off i mean it's not you don't always just (laughs) see what everyone is doing and go yeah that's the right thing to do (laughs) but given that yeah like numerous companies now are doing it especially as you say playstation who've been there for so long they've decided just not to do it anymore um why why i used to be so excited for playstation's conferences every year so excited last year's was a bit of a weird one i think everyone can agree it was a little little abstract and strange yeah they, they were sort of almost it's almost like any film where they have to shoo away a wild animal that's sort of imprinted on them they're like, no, get out of here. I don't want to see you. But yeah. secretly, they do want to see you. So they deliberately put on the weirdest conference ever. So everyone was like, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd almost rather they weren't there. I'm like, fine, we won't be there. Yeah. But it's secretly what they wanted all along. Um, I don't... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if they will never come back. Nintendo won't no they always have a floor show floor presence anyway to to so you can play the games but they they don't have a physical conference, conference that they that they broadcast playstation i would like to think will return next year maybe when there's more to talk about with ps5 but yeah. for this year it might just be a strategic move like we all our first party games are either going to be very late ps4 mm exclusive to ps5 at launch or they're going to be released on both and we don't really want to show those off just yet yeah, or they're maybe. not ready to show off just yet or it might just be a ps5 thing where it's like the ps4 is so far ahead of its competition at the moment we don't really feel the need to be there we're not going to lose any business by not being there microsoft is still going to show off all the third-party games which the massive install base of ps4 owners can buy on ps4 as mm, well yeah so maybe that's it maybe you know xbox has already nailed down a lot of third-party stuff so sony can't be showing third-party stuff and you know maybe their 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 own their own work isn't either isn't isn't done and isn't ready yet mm-hmm. or yeah i mean i'm trying to think like what would be there other than the you know new announcements that we wouldn't know about anyway you know potentially some last of us yeah um i mean it's, i'm trying to think like what else we would expect you know there's there's a bunch of sequels that could theoretically be revealed but yeah in terms of stuff that we know sh- should and would be there like the last of us and can you think of anything else? Confirmation that God of War 2 is in development. Well, stuff like that. I mean, yeah, yeah like, like Marvel Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 is yeah, in but development. We don't know that that yeah, like other than that, there's like yeah, maybe there's just not enough to make it worth their while to like do yeah. an entire conference. I don't think they stand to lose anything by not being there this year. No. I think it's a shame. Selfishly, I would like to see them there. Yeah. But equally, I think it just makes Microsoft's conference more appealing and exciting because mm-hmm. that's always been a big bumper conference, like about two hours. Yeah. And if it's going to be full of all the third-party games that Sony's not even going to show this year, Mm -hmm. then that's going to be good for everyone, even if you don't own an Xbox. So we are going to have loads of E3 coverage. Um, We'll be announcing that 
probably in the next few days, including mm -hmm. an E3 predictions competition between Peter and myself and a punishment as well. Yes. Uh, we'll be live streaming alongside all of the conferences of note. Uh, so you can tune in and watch us watch them and we can all watch them together and have an, a lovely, lovely time. Oh, okay. And some of them. A ridiculous o'clock for, for UK yeah. viewers. Yes, they are. Uh, so Microsoft is at, what, like 9? Yeah, 9 p.m.? A couple of them at 9 p.m. And then Bethesda's at 1.30 in the morning or something like that. So the time in between, we're just going to be playing some games on Twitch. It's going to be like a uh, a triple jump sleepover, sleepover. if you will. Uh, a Square Enix at 2 a.m., I think. Yeah, the UK following time. day. Yeah. So. Crazy. So if you if you want to find out more about that, please stay tuned to our social media channels in the, uh, in the next few days. We'll be posting a nice handy infographic about all the stuff we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks or so, week and a half. So yes. please be excited. But yeah, the baby new games revealed. Well spoken. The baby new games revealed. At E3 this year. Yeah. But currently, you're not playing those games because they've not yet been released. No, they haven't. So currently, you're playing something else, right? Yes, possibly. Ben. Yeah. What are you playing? Well, that's a great question, Peter. Thanks. And I'll ask it. I'll ask it with another answer question. Oh, okay. I don't know how words be. What? Hello? Um, <clears throat> I, not much has changed now we live underwater. I've been like on holiday and on stag do's and stuff, yeah. and there just hasn't really been much time for me to even be at home yeah. uh, since we last recorded, because we recorded on Friday. My God, it's already nearly been a week. It has. What's happened? I don't know. I haven't really done anything with my life in that time yeah oh god have you not played anything in the past the swirling abyss of, of life yeah uh borderlands again sorry the pre-sequel finished it now that's okay i've now finished every single quest in that game nice and it's it's become very apparent to me that the end game for that game is dreadful because right. even in borderlands and borderlands 2 once you'd finished all the quests you could still go to areas where there were high-level enemies or, like, the the sort of raid boss would respawn. And I'm fairly sure the raid boss probably respawns in Borderlands the pre-sequel right. as well, which is, like, a super overpowered mega death boss. Mm -hmm. But we're, like, level 30. Like, in Borderlands, you usually finish the game sort of mid-30s, nearly level 40. Right. And Borderlands the pre-sequel, you do literally everything, and I'm just scraping level 30. Yeah. And... It just tells you go do uh, go do new game plus. There's okay. also the DLC which I'm going to play, which right. is which is good fun. But that game originally I think had two DLCs planned, but because of performance, mm -hmm. and I'm fairly sure 2K Australia maybe didn't do too well. Citation needed might be closed. Citation needed. Citation needed. Not sure. Citation needed. Right. I'll have a look in a minute. Okay. Um, the second DLC was scrapped. So I think there was a plan for you to actually get to a reasonable level by the time you'd finished your first proper playthrough before you did New Game Plus. Mm -hmm. But it's really annoying in that game because in the other ones, yes, if you were level 20 and you went back to an area that had level three enemies, yeah. you would get like one XP. Right. You'd get nothing. But in this game, as soon as you're like three levels above like enemies, you get two XP. And it's like, ugh. And they do so much damage to you because obviously they're quite high-level enemies. Sure. But the scaling in terms of the XP you get is all wink-wonk in this game. Oh, no. And it's really frustrating because you can't find, like, an area where you can grind or, like, try to level up or go kill things over and over again for some loot drops and stuff because it's just not worth your time. Oh. 
uh, which is kind of frustrating. Still, really enjoyed it. I think I am going to try and go for the Platinum this time, yeah. which involves doing New Game Plus and getting to level 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will see how I get on with that. Yes, you will. We will. Everyone will. Tiny people, peoples, the people's Peter. Yes. What have you got? Uh, I also haven't had much time to play the the vid- video games. Yes. Uh, because the day after we recorded, the day that we recorded the podcast last time, uh, I went away for the bank holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've only had two two evenings at home since then. Um, oh. One of them I was out, uh, and on the other one I didn't actually play any games. I think I've actually not played any games uh, this week. <laughs> not a other single game. I did actually play a little bit of Spyro, uh, thinking about it. And you streamed? I did stream a little, a little tiny bit of Spyro, Reignited Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun. I kind of feel like... Uh, I I think I I prefer old Spyro now. Do you? Well, I don't think I ever didn't, but yeah, like I it was think just I nice of, to be able to play it again. Yeah, like I I kind of I think Reignited is a really good effort. It mm. looks good, kind of objectively, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it it plays pretty well. But I don't know. There's just something very different in terms of like the level of charm. I right, think. Right. I also have never ever played Reignited with the new remastered soundtrack turned Ugh, on. Disgusting. Gross. Like the guy Ugh. who they hired literally gets some of the melodies actually wrong. Like he just <laughs> puts a note that's like two two tones higher than it should be. Well to be fair to him, they they lost the original like musical notes that they used the they used to make the original music. They just lost in time forever. Oh, those so he couldn't notes. he couldn't get that note back because it was one one and done. You know, it was one of a kind. Well you you, you may you made Josh. Yes. You made you made Joshua. Yeah, I made Josh. Uh but actually apparently what happened was they so they hired this new guy to do it all. He was deaf in one ear. He, he couldn't hear at all. Ugh. He never played a keyboard before. <laughs> uh so he he sort of recreated it all and then after he'd done it all they got in touch with Stuart Copeland, the original composer and mm-hmm. drummer from The Police. Yeah. Um, and said, Roxanne. And said to him, uh, please, will you do like the main menu theme for us, if you like? Yeah. Uh, just to sort of get you back in. And he said, oh, yeah, what, so what are you, what are you doing with Roxanne, so what are you doing with all the other music? And they were like, oh, yeah, we've hired someone else. We hope you don't mind. He's like, no, that's fine. Do you want me to send you send you all the MIDI for it? He's like, what? What? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, for God's sake! MIDI is effectively electronic notes, like sheet music. Yeah. So you just, so you just press play, and it goes bing, 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 bing. Yeah. In the order can, like, that the notes are placed. Change the instruments and stuff, and like you know, mess with all that. But it means like the actual progression of each tune oh, would have been. Do it. Where were you? Easily copied straight across, and uh, he even sort of did a bit of a public dig about it in a very kind of lighthearted, jokey way. But like in the big panel they did before the game was released at, I think it was at E3, actually. I don't know. I can't remember. Hmm. But uh, he went, they were they were talking about like, oh, yeah. And then we got we got Stuart to do the main menu theme. And we called him up and said, hey, we've got someone else to do the, the rest of the soundtrack. And he went, <laughs> I could have sent you the MIDI and sort of oh. rolled his eyes. And it was like, I think he was actually thinking, you guys are... You bloody flip, amateurs! Flipping more bonds. Flipping more bonds. So uh, yeah, I mean the music's not great, but oh. overall it's, it's a good game. I enjoy it. I'm yeah, gonna keep playing it. Yeah, I had fun it, with but, it. Uh, you know, I've, I'll just always have a, a a soft spot 
or a softy for Spyro the actual original it's version. It's got a soft spot on his head like a little baby. Like a baby. You really want to just poke be really, no. the baby's reset button. Do not poke the baby's soft spot. It's where you. It's, it's, it's an ashtray. Oh, little God. ashtray on the baby all built in. Delicious. Mm. 2K Australia is closed and dead. Uh, they closed about uh, a year after the pre-sequel came out. So, oh, rip. Yeah, or thereabouts. Ripperoo. So, yeah, Ripperoo, exactly. Oh, Crash Team Racing remaster coming soon. It's out as well. soon. It's full of uh, a whole roster of characters who I've never seen before because they're from the other racing games. Great. Well, Great. I can't, can't can't wait to lose to characters that I can't even curse because I don't even know their names. Yeah, really looking forward to playing as, um, you know, t- Toad... Uh, toad, toad, toad Boy. Toad Arse and... Uh, uh, Dick My Chinko. Bum... Bum lizard, bum lizard, God, bum lizard. What yeah. a, what a. Oh, nice. also, yeah. Correction, redaction, reduction. Just something I've complained about. Yeah. It appears. Yeah. That the cosmetic stuff that you can get for your carts and your characters and stuff. Yeah. It's all in game currency. Okay, so you can customize your carts and stuff. And you you win it. You win the currency by winning races. You might also cool. be able to buy oh, it. Man. I don't mind that if it's just um you know. I'm not going to play thing. online anyway. No, so. no, me neither. But as as long as like it's not completely locked off unless you spend real money you know, right. which it isn't it, that's that's fine I don't want to go online and face Swagzilla 69 noob scoper who's just in his solid gold chariot yeah with his one hit where he he starts the race with the three lock on missiles and then suddenly he it's drives like through through a wall yeah because he's just hacking he just no, he just reverses over the finish line and accelerates over it over yeah, and over times. again like you swag Swagzilla what are you like well that's what we play and question two peeps who we got uh, this is from uh, Michael Labruto. 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 Uh, Jason gen- Labruto. Oh, absolutely. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts on Crystal Dynamics heading up the new Avengers game? Will it be able to ride the wave of endgame hype? This I- was announced bloody ages ago, wasn't it? Well, yeah, like it was talked about a long time ago, but we've recently had to sort of update on it yeah so i i was i was very obviously very excited yeah well, uh, yeah. this was uh, announced around the sort of time maybe uh, at the end of uh, end of 2016 maybe mid maybe mid early 2017 sort of that time yeah yeah a good good few years ago now okay um it was announced around the time that uh, marvel's spider-man was and it's disney's new initiative where they basically said our game studios are trash yeah activision is doing a horrible job with spider-man activision is doing a horrible job with the x-men activision is doing a horrible job with all of the things we want a batman arkham please that's what we would like yeah. for our we've got the film stuff down but we can't get the game stuff down well, whereas dc gets the game off. stuff done and it can't get the film yeah yeah act in a fool act in a vision um so what they did is they took all their licenses back and they said we're going to give them to interesting and good studios to make a fantastic roster of video get video james Mm, hello um, my name is Video James. No, my name is uh, Ross. Ross Tur. Ross Tur, and I'm his brother, Video James. Yes, uh, different surnames. Hmm. Two first names, though, Video and James. Yeah. Um, so Marvel Spider-Man was one of them. They gave it to Insomniac, obviously part of a very complicated licensing de- deal with Sony because they technically own the Spider-Man license. But my goodness, what a fantastic game! And what good promotion for Disney. Yeah. And and Marvel. Definitely. So they they must have seen that and been like, oh, okay, well, that's good. That's good to know. Stuck so Avengers we give it to good. Uh, yeah, we give it to a good studio. And maybe um, they make something actually bloody competent. Yeah. Square Enix was the other one. They gave the Avengers license to. Now, presumably, this is not going to be a crossover universe. I would love to. Oh my God, imagine. I would love to think that they would just okay. You make a Hulk game. You make a Captain America yeah. game. You make a Thor game, and eventually we'll have them all come together. But with 
Marvel Spider-Man being exclusive unless there's some really complicated licensing stuff going on there, as as with the films. So I suppose it is possible. Um, that, Same reality, that, but a different universe. Man. God, yeah. That PS4 Spider-Man shows up in Square Enix's Avengers, or if it's a different Spider-Man, I don't know. It, it, it does scream of Venom all over again. It's yeah, very it's complicated. But they, they, they showed this teaser years ago of like everyone's weapons, like the signature weapons on the floor and Shield various and sound effects. Mjolnir. And they finally, finally, after two years of silence... Have have said that they'll be showing it off at their at their conference, Square Enix's conference, Fighting. which is finally a reason to stay up for Square Enix's conference. Because apart from Final Fantasy VII remake, which might be there, yeah, um, that was kind of it. So, how do you think this is going to play out, Peter? I know you're a huge Marvel fan. Oh yeah, I can't wait for the Marvels. To be fair, as I've said in previous podcasts, and I'm I'm still playing it. Loving Spider Man mm-hmm. so much. I don't have a. It's not that I'm um, not a Marvel fan. It's just the MCU. I'm not a particularly big fan of. I've always loved Spider Man as a character and mm-hmm. his whole pantheon, if you like, of villains. I think there it's a really cool set of villains. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. And have, he's got your name. He has got my name. Yeah, Spider. I don't have as much knowledge or interest in the Ironmans or the Captain Americas mm-hmm. or uh, the the, the Hulkoids. But um, I am interested. I think I, I would... The thing that not concerns me but interests me about this game uh, is how it might play out, mm-hmm. like in terms of gameplay. Like how, if you know, the Avengers, that's like a whole team of superheroes. So is it like, will you play different levels as different people? Will it be very linear? Mm-hmm. Or will will you be able to just choose who you want to be? And if you do, if you can do that, then surely you have to, the levels have to be designed in a way that like, Someone yeah. who can fly. It's not just, it doesn't just break it. We've spoken about games that let you fly yeah. before. It's so hard, hard to do. In that respect, I feel like you're going to be forced into playing certain characters at certain times, presumably. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Or maybe it'd be a bit like Lego Star Wars, where like there's several characters there who you can switch into, mm-hmm. and the level has been built around that handful of people who, who are going to be there. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of the thing that most kind of. Not confuses me, but yeah, I'd be very interested to see how it's going to play out, and hopefully, we'll actually see some gameplay at uh, E3 rather than just here's a really fancy CG cutscene with all the Avengers doing stuff. Because it's like, well, that's obviously what the game's going to be about. I don't need yeah. to see that. I just need to. I want to know how it's going to be. But uh, Crystal Dynamics, man, I love them. Yeah, they're great. They've done. Uh, they did. They did Gex. They did Soul Reaver. They sure did. They did. Uh, they're doing the Tomb Raiders. They are. Uh, they did Pandemonium, which some people really, really don't don't like or understand. Um, <laughs> understand, I think I can feel you're leaning heavily towards rather than don't like. They don't get it. Yeah, well, they just don't get it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, both. I think it's both. I think they don't like it because they don't get it. Right. Uh, <laughs> but Crystal Dynamics are great, and uh, I, I, I would feel comfortable with any game in their hands. Yeah. Um, it's another interesting studio, isn't it? It's yeah. another studio that has a real track record. Rather than going, and this is no disrespect to Beanox, but it's like, rather than saying, okay, Activision, what B studios have you got? I mean, literally. What B tier studios do you have free at the moment? Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, we'll give it to Beanox. They'll, they'll, they'll be the guys who, who do the mediocre Spider-Man mm-hmm. game. It's like, they're actually, you know, Crystal Dynamics. I forgot that it was, it was actually announced in the original trailer that Crystal Dynamics were working on. Oh, right. I thought it was just Square Enix in general, which has got me thinking, 
thinking, oh, this could be really interesting. Like maybe they go for a JRPG style approach, but then of course they have Western studios as well. And I'm kind of glad that it is a Western studio yeah. because they can't seem to pull their finger out with a lot of their Japanese studios, a la any Final Fantasy game that they've worked on for the last few years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Crystal Dynamics, I think, could do something really interesting. I don't know if we'll see gameplay or if it'll just be a proper CG trailer. Mm. Um, but I'm excited. If it's been in the works for a couple of years, they might have a small build that they can show. Not yeah. necessarily playable on the show floor for people who are there, but they might have cobbled together some sort of representative of gameplay yes. over the shoulder, actually fake CGI scripted uh, <laughs> trailer. Just I, so I just want to know how it plays. Yeah, me too. I wonder how big Crystal Dynamics is now because they've obviously been working on Rise of the Tomb Raider most recently. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they have anything else announced at the moment, but obviously we know that this has apparently been in the works for a while. Yeah. Uh, but that might literally, given that we only got Spider-Man last year, it might given the time period it might have just been at the time hey by the way we've got this license and we've been, been given a green light to make an avengers game rather than this is actively in development yeah. and is, uh, is nearly done uh, yeah, true. so it might be very soon they might just show off a load of gameplay and just say yeah it's coming out early next year mm -hmm. look look forward to it which would be really cool intriguing watch this face watch this face yeah speaking of this face it's a bit strange looking isn't it it is pretty weird pretty strange and weird is it time peter i think it's time for weird news planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Peter, Austin. I'm just accepting a cookies agreement Yes, I'm okay about cookies. It's weird news time. It's weird o'clock. I've got a weird news for you, peeps. Okay. Art thou ready to receiveth thine news? Oh, weird me up. Do it. Weird, please. PUBG, which of course is public battlegrounds. G. Test build pulled in China, replaced with patriotic alternative. Oh, Goodness. This comes by way of Destructoid. Oh, yeah. Those, uh, those fellas. Chris Moyes wrote this. 
Tencent forced to pull localized Battle Royale port. After two years of tentative work while building a community of some 70 million players, publisher Tencent has been forced to close its Chinese release of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds following the title's inability to gain approval from the government's state administration of press and publication. Oh, wow. Since, 20, since, since, uh, since 2017, a localized test build of the Battle Royale title has been in development, which includes various changes to the game's aesthetics and violent content necessary for the title to be approved for release. Ultimately, the, pro the, problem? Ultimately, the problem came down to in-app purchases, which the government would not approve given PUBG's war-based content. Right. In a bizarre twist, however, Tencent has replaced PUBG with an all-new patriotic title, Game for Peace, which <laughs> the publisher states pays tribute to the blue sky warriors that guard our country's airspace, referencing China's Air Force. What? So it's an Air Force game now? No. No? Amusingly, Game for Peace. Game for Beasts? Game for Obese is reportedly PUBG in almost every single way, and previous PUBG players have found their accounts, even their in-game stats, automatically transferred to the new title. So what's the difference? What's the point? It's almost exactly the same, noted IHS games analyst Siu Chen Yu. The gameplay, the background, the graphic design, and the characters, they're almost the same. Incidentally, Game for Peace has found approval for monetization from the government. Just because it's called Game for Peace Game now, for Peace. And it's dedicated to our our boys our in blue. Our boys in blue <laughs> that fly on the sky areas. Right. Pays tribute to the blue sky warriors that guard our country's airspace. Uh, Tencent, I don't believe, is a Chinese company. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they've been trying to get PUBG approved for, for sale in China for a long time. And it's it's not been allowed. Uh, because of in-app purchases, because of war content. I don't know why those two marrying together is so obscene. No. But all they did was change the name and the description to give it a patriotic twist. And China was like, hell yeah, my dude. They just changed. Blaze it. You know, they, they resprayed and gave it new plates. They did. They literally just parked it in the, the pay and spray in yeah, GTA. In GTA. And it just came out and Chinese government was like, heck yeah, my Eight dude. Eight balls bomb shop. That, yeah. is, that is awesome. But it's exactly the same game. Weird. That's really strange. If you're in China and have been trying to play Public G, let us know. Is it good? Uh, Peter. Yeah. What you got? Twitch's artifact section. Artifact. This is an artifact. Yeah, so it's a video game. Artifact. It's is card, it? It's a card game. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Twitch's artifact section has become a walking nightmare. Okay. A waking nightmare, actually, is what it says. Oh, but, but it's I, also a walking nightmare. I think nightmare. it's probably a walking nightmare. It'd be a, arguably a worse nightmare if you had to walk as well. Uh, this is from Polygon. Mm. The subtitle is, This isn't Valve's card game at all! Oh. By Cass Marshall. Artifact, the Valve collectible card game based off the Dota 2 universe, is currently, or the, the Dota 2 universe is I Dota 2 universe, yes, yeah, officially course. called, yeah. is currently in a very unusual state. First of all, the game developers have put the game on hold to examine the root issues that caused it to bomb so badly. Mm. Secondly, its failure has become a bit of a meme. A meme. Meme. Maybe they meant to type memo. Yeah, uh, and that spread to the game's presence on Twitch. After prominent streamers pointed out how barren the artifact section was, members of the Twitch community took advantage of the quiet and turned the section into something that ranged from the bizarre to the disturbing. <laughs> Anyone interested in seeing the joke streams for themselves should be warned that there is some extremely not safe for work <laughs> or disturbing content being displayed. So so basically they've they've seen this game 
uh, category, yeah. completely barren, and they've literally just decided to squat yeah. in it Absolutely. by streaming anything they want. And not just squat, but squat down and take a massive dump. Massive dump, yeah. which is definitely at least five of the streams. If you were to check out Artifact on Twitch throughout the weekend, you'd find viewings of Avengers Endgame and Star Wars, <laughs> uh, documentaries on Nazi Germany, right. games of League of Legends, and various anime. Uh, these viewings range from silly, but all the way up to the deeply disturbing. This included a video, this is not so funny, of the graphic Christchurch mosque shooting, oh, which Jesus. was streamed for 20 minutes before being shut down by Twitch, thank God. Uh, while that was removed, uh, the Twitch section is still completely overrun by users streaming whatever they like. Um, there's a lot of repeat repetition in this article. Among these streams was hardcore pornography and other NSFW content. Some of the channels were just streaming media like popular movies or cute animal gifs. Others chose to get far more experimental with it, like this video that showed a clip of a Nigerian film with an actor asking, "Why are you running?" <laughs> The clip, which has that's been... A, that's a popular memo at the moment. It is. Yeah. The clip, which has been popularized through Vine and YouTube, would play once, then twice side by side, then four times. <laughs> you know, when it's like, uh, why are you running? But it plays 349,525 times. Right. Uh, that is what happens. Oh, it, plays it just keeps duplicating over and over When it again. sort of sweeps down the screen. Have you seen those? Where... Uh, it, like, shrunk it down. Yeah. Like like thousands and thousands of times right. onto the screen and there's loads of them and so it the, keeps zooming it out sort of sweeps across they all so like the one in the top left corner plays and then the next two play oh okay like frame after frame so it's it's like why are you running <laughs> I don't oh, know how it goes. No. I've not seen that. Clip. It just becomes a cacophony of noise. Exactly. That's what it says. Uh, it's been broadcast 349,000 times in one minute in a horrifying cacophony of chaos. Oh, wow. There we go. Perhaps the most unusual part of this is that in the late hours of Sunday night, one streamer actually loaded up Artifact and played the card game for an audience of a few hundred curious fans. Wow. How strange. That's weird. Many of these streams are seen to be taking basic attempts to avoid being banned, such as using titles like In Queue for Artifact. <laughs> As this trend rages on, it serves as a fascinating reminder of the potential power for both good and bad of Twitch. Wow. There's some slightly weird news for you right that there. That is weird. How weird. I have a bit of runner-up weird news. One oh, yeah? That, one that I opened in a new tab and was going to talk about, but oh. then it turned out to be just rather than... It is a bit weird, but it turned out to just be more interesting than anything else. Okay. Uh, Lance McDonald, who is a prolific... Uh, Bloodborne modder right. and various Dark Souls and FromSoft modder. He manages to get in and find like alpha content and cut stuff by rooting around in files and like cut bosses and Data things like mining. that. Really interesting stuff. And he makes some great videos on it. Um, he has managed to create a mod based on something that was in the game files already. And this is on PS4 mind. Mm that lets you play as enemies in Bloodborne. Oh, really? Where you can walk up to an enemy, press L3, and then become the enemy and just run around and use all their attacks and stuff. Wow. Which I just thought was super interesting. With A little weird. I don't know. But apparently it works with Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3, and he's going to try and get it working for Sekiro as well. Wow. So you can just run around as the enemies in Sekiro. I don't know. I just thought that was weird and also really fascinating. So if you're interested in that, look it up. There might be a link in the dump. I'll probably forget, though. Next question, yes, comes from two people. Oh, one comes from Chavi Chav Chavarez Ramirez. What? Chavarez Ramirez. Javier. Chavarez. Travelator Ramirez, mm. who says Death Stranding was just revealed for November of this year. I'm still confused by it all from the trailers. What are you guys' thoughts on the game? And also Stephanie Jones, who says so. Follow up on Travelator's question: What is Death Stranding actually about? What 
What is happening out there? What are the magic... Are you okay, Adam? <laughs> he's just... I think he's just unpacking he's it. He's unpacking computer, computer really angrily. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that picked up, but it sounded like someone fell over. Yeah, I've had twice. a fall. Uh, what is Death Stranding actually about? What are the magical babies? So... Peter. Yeah. Death Stranding is Hideo Kojima's new game. It is. He's been given an unlimited time and money from PlayStation, which is which is absolutely undeniably probably a dangerous thing That's to do. That's a really, really bad thing to do. It's risky. It's like putting an eight-year-old in a sweet shop and saying, you can have everything. Yes. Not only will it cost you a lot financially, but the child is going to make themselves very sick. Yeah, that and child going to might be not... sick all over their audience. Ultimately, just like this game may never come out, no. the child may never come out of the sweet shop no, for a variety not. of reasons. Yeah. The sweet king, just death. Just death, just the, straight up child death. The sweet death. king. The sweet king. That's one of the options. He might become the sweet king. Oh, or he she might become the sweet might king. Become the sweet I king. thought there was some more sort of sinister inside the shop. There's also the sweet king. Well, I mean, it depends how deep leave. into this fiction you want to go, well, Peter, yeah. because there might well be a sweet no, king. No, no, the there's sweet no sweet shop. king. I okay. don't want to think. It's like the Pied Piper yeah, or now, something. Now I'm not going to be able to sleep because of Peter's invented sweet king. The sweet hello. Look well, out, wherever you go, you in a flump? every time you have a Freddo, <laughs> the sweet king is only one diabetic shock away. No. He'll come and get you. Uh, uh, this, what are we talking about? This was streamed yesterday yeah. at time of recording during my live stream. Yeah, were you aware of the weird stream that preceded it, though? No. Because they'd been streaming for about 24 hours, and it was the the iconic uh, Death Stranding sort of handprints. Oh, the handprints, yeah. All over the screen. And as the time, time went on, it was just the trailer playing on a loop in the background with sort of noises over oh, the top no. it's quite sinister maybe the sweet king makes those yeah, noises possibly. I don't know um, and as time went on the hands would slowly be removed to reveal more and more of the trailer until they just went ah oh, go on then at like the most ridiculous time not even like 4pm or a reasonable time it was like 4.43pm right. it was like okay now it's time for the trailer and was then it, it just played properly was it 4.44 by any chance I don't know because I happened to read something the other day uh, on, on, in an article about some old like retro game where if you like interact with this object, it's like a really old like pixely game on like a, a Sega or an early Nintendo console. If you interact with like the grandfather clock in this house at exactly mm. four forty four, it shows all this like weird text um, because in Japan, I think f the number four is like related to death, so maybe oh. it's Death Stranding. So maybe that's why it was four. Interesting. Well, there's there's a lot of stuff in this trailer that is very intentional. Kojima, despite his his many weirdnesses, is mm. I'm hesitant to say flaws because I know MGS Five had a complicated development cycle as he sort of fell out with yeah. Konami. But I was really disappointed with that game in a lot of ways, and he is certainly partly to blame for that. Um, he does a lot of stuff. Everything in that would have been deliberate. All of it. Like the time it was released. Mm. Um, the the, the handprint slowly revealing stuff. Yeah. Whatever the hell that noise was over the top while mm -hmm. we were waiting for the trailer. People noticed that in the trailer, the transitions between scenes, if you slow it down, it's someone blinking as if it's being observed uh, remotely by someone okay. rather than just being a straight transition or yeah. like a quick fade to black like you can see it's slowly it's like an eyelid closing and uh, coming back up again okay. uh, so god knows what that means who i know that everyone who's a crazy super excited fan for this is just going to be pouring over every single detail frame looking for frame. meaning yeah. uh, did you watch it i did watch it what do you think uh i am slightly less kind of angry confused <laughs> As, than I was before. 
that where like people are just big Kojima fans and I'm not. I really liked MGS One, and then I didn't really have any interest in playing beyond that. I'm not. I'm, I'm sure that I'm. I'm told they're very good games. Like MGS Two is supposed to be pretty good, right? But yeah. um, you know, I think Hideo Kojima is weird. Um, yeah. And sometimes he 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 probably does know what he's doing. I thought, as I've said multiple times now on streams and things, that with Death Stranding. I I was reasonably sure, not that I should know, that he literally was just throwing in whatever kind of imagery he wanted right. into some of the earlier stuff that we were shown. You know, just the the black handprints and the footprints. The baby in the sweet shop. The baby in the sweet shop. The the man who, who has a baby that, like, does a thumbs up and, you know, just... The, going down people's throats and then there's another baby and did someone ate like a beetle in one of them mm-hmm. i think and there were there's all the like skull skull men faces and like the dead whales and what's happening why are there umbilical cords everywhere yeah and so i thought well he's just thrown all that together and he's gonna like eventually sort of try and come up with some sort of complex story where those things can work in a narrative right, like connect the dots almost exactly and i do having watched that trailer i do feel like he has successfully connected the dots i'm still a bit mad that he potentially had no idea what he was going to do and has now just worked out what he's doing but you know i'm starting to get an idea of what this might be about yeah. Um I think the most important thing though as I tweeted just before we started recording the 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 uh, the podcast is that there is apparently a character called Die Hard Man. Yeah. In it. G- G- Guillermo del Toro. Uh no, there's someone is that else. Not Die Hard Man? No, I don't think so. Uh Del Toro's character is called He's called something else that's just sort of a collection of adjectives. Fight boy. Yeah, it's like boss fat boss. It's <laughs> Kingpin. Yeah. Um but there's also Die Hard Man. Right. Um God knows what he'll be doing. Yeah. Um, something with a vengeance, probably. Surely. But, uh, I, I, what What do you... I have a theory. I yeah. have a rough theory of narrative and, and lore. Have yeah. you got any ideas? Well, apparently it's the... If you if you go to the website... Oh, yes. And you look at the various descriptions, it starts to take sort of more of a shape. And he has... that. Oh God, it, as you said, things start have started to become a little clearer. It's still bloody weird. Yeah. Um, but it seems to be... Post, post, post apocalypse almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no real society left anymore, and you're going between. It, it's certainly set, it seems, in the real world because they're talking about America. Yeah. Um, you're, you seem to have some kind of relationship with the president, maybe, who's dying or something, and you're going to these various communities trying to join them together, but there's a force that that is trying to stop you from doing that. Mm-hmm. And you can deploy a ladder. And honestly, the gameplay they showed didn't look that exciting or great. But contextually, it might make more sense when Repel we find out. Yeah, just anyway. Um, so that's odd. And then when there, when when it rains, spooky monsters come out that can only be detected by using your baby power. Yeah. Because you got baby on you, and you have a big thing that like an arm that comes over the top of you, like Doc Doc Octo Octopus. Yeah, that sort of senses. What was that? Can you make that noise again? A bit closer. Can you move a little bit closer to the mic? Son? Really horrible, that. Yeah. Um, and then you have to avoid it, but then he gets grabbed and sucked down in- into the floor and starts sort of clipping through the ground. Yeah, then he Like was a sort, sort of, of weird river of, of black goop. Yeah. So it seems to be sort of juggling with interesting concepts of life and death and what, you know, building communities and bringing people together and 
tapping through to the other side almost like i know it was crap but if you played beyond two souls there was mm. a lot of that as well right uh which is and almost like what was that ellen another ellen page thing what was that ellen page film where they they like shock themselves into death just flatliners flatliners yeah. yeah where they sort of go between and stranger things with the I watched upside that like two in the morning once oh that doesn't sound was... like a good idea no, it was okay but i, it I haven't weird. watched it but i'm familiar with the concept yeah. at least. so sort of that kind of what is it what is going on on the other side and can we tap into that power the upside down from stranger things all that sort of stuff it seems like um the the weird the weird force or the all the black stuff basically yeah is not only is it like death dead people dead stuff yeah but it all it kind of looks like echoes of like stuff that actually happened in history because yes, like a world yeah. war one tank driving around at one point and then you're just shooting like. through the trenches as well yeah and you're just in like some trenches from i guess also world war one possibly i don't mm -hmm. know it looked a bit more modern than that actually but the tanks were certainly uh you know early 1900s and then i also think that the guys who came out of the lake at the end looked Kind of like old-ish soldiers compared to some of the technology we saw in the, you know, like his, his fancy little quad bike thing. Yes. But not quite World War era. So I don't feel like From Vietnam now period. War, Korean, yeah. yeah, like something like that. So looks like not only can like this force kind of bring dead stuff back or not back, but in some sort of parallel pressing against our universe kind of thing, mm. but actual entire like physical objects and things from history you know it's really strange i don't i still don't really know what's happening but your baby allows you to see it because that's fine that makes sense yeah i don't want to have to have a complex english literature and philosophy degree to be able to understand yeah. this game that's what i'm most concerned about is that this is just going to be so abstract and odd that yeah it makes sense if you read the wiki but i don't want that i kind of not that i want to be spoon-fed my story it, it seems to be fascinating and really interesting and mm. i'm sure kojima will do it justice because he's had time and infinite money in the sweet shop and not being chased by the sweet king help uh, but I am at the same time kind of worried that it's just going to be so abstract that only a few people are going to truly get it. A lot of people will love it because it's Kojima and apparently they will readily die for him. Mm. But as someone who loves Metal Gear, um, but still kind of sees through the facade a bit and, you know, can kind of be a bit objective about it because i think a lot of people are struggling to be objective about this game yeah some a lot of people are just it's kojima it's weird exactly, ah, yeah. i'm all for it yeah. like no this man does have a track record of releasing some really wonky games and mm -hmm. like the the story in mgs5 wasn't even finished it didn't even finish yeah and the twist at the end which i won't talk about was such a deflating moment for me that it made the entire game feel like a waste of time right and this guy is not perfect. He's not infallible. And I just hope that if this thing is going to be weird and abstract and strange, it at least makes sense. Yeah. Because otherwise, the people, like you say, the, the handful of people who do get it will probably be really high horse about it as well. Yeah, oh, right? they will anyway. People well, actually, um, if you read the, 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 the comic books that were <laughs> Did released Did you read the alongside. manga? Yeah. Um, well, you know, that's that's your problem, really. You know, you shouldn't try and understand something if you're not going to engage fully with the, with the law. So. <laughs> but even Kojima would sort of do things like, I'm not going to explain what my game is. Yeah. However, if you buy issue 5, 1, and 9 of the of the 
companion comic yeah. and read the second word from every other page, yeah. it tells you who the main villain's who the main villain is. And it's like no, no I mean I that's you're you're a very clever man, but there's there's have respect for me and my time. I don't have time for your games, Hideo. Respect me. God. No, Respect don't, me. Don't do that. Sorry. Hideo killed the radio star. Uh, big discussion time. That's what we think about that anyway. Did, yes. Yeah. So let's go over a big discussion. So. Big discussion. This is a question that has come from Jason McMillan. Jason. One of our many patrons. Thank you, Jason, for your financial support. Thank you, Jason. If you lot want to submit a question, you're a patron. Uh, what is y'all's take on... That's what it says. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm just re reading what it says. What is y'all's take on video game addiction being officially recognized by the World Health Organization? Oh, so this has been a sort of... This is in the news at the moment. Mm. Uh, the BBC was reporting on this as early as... Um, the beginning of last year mm -hmm. because the WHO were, or who, were talking who? about um, potentially including it in their upcoming, you know, yearly new mental diseases Classification of diseases. Exactly. Mm. And there was some debate about that and whether or not that was necessary and all that kind of stuff. But uh, let's, let's go to Live Science, which is a journalistic outlet that I am not familiar with. Hello. We're going live to We're going science. live right now to science. Are you there? I have, I have vetted it and it doesn't really seem to put too much of a narrative spin on the on the story because this right. is an important story when we're talking about health and stuff mm. so i'm not familiar with the source take it with a pinch of salt as and when needed peeps yeah i will read this to you are you ready please read it recently the who officially recognized gaming disorder as a mental health condition adding the disorder to the international classifications of diseases or the icd-11 the organization's official diagnostic manual Simply playing a lot of video games isn't enough to count as a disorder. Rather, the disorder occurs when gaming interferes with people's daily lives. According to the WHO, gaming disorder is a pattern of persistent or recurrent gaming behaviour in which people lose control of their gaming behaviour, give priority to gaming over, in, over other interests and activities, and continue gaming despite negative consequences, such as impairments in their family relationships, social lives, work duties, or other areas. In a statement released on Saturday the 25th of May, the Entertainment Software Association, or the gaming industry, and others in the industry called on the WHO to reverse its decision, saying gaming disorder is not based on sufficiently robust evidence to justify inclusion. On Twitter... <laughs> I think I've got... On Twitter... Thank you. <laughs> Dr. John... Mm, what do you think? Jow? Jow, an emergency medicine doctor, said the diagnosis was sorely needed. Otherwise, people with real, legitimate video game addiction can often have trouble with insurance paying for their therapy, especially if they don't fit any other diagnosis. Uh, Dr. Shakar Saxena, or Saxena, a mental health expert for WHO, who noted that a small minority of people who play video games will develop addiction problems. Thank you, Peter, for helping me out. You're there. welcome. So that's the basic story there. Mm. I think we're probably both in complete agreement that if, if someone is in need of help, they should have access to it absolutely and um you know that people have addictive tendencies and personalities and it does happen mm. you know it's certainly probably nothing that you or i have ever experienced you no. know maybe there's a game that we're really enjoying and we sit there and play oh I, I sat there and just played a game for like four hours yeah that's not what this that's is that's not addiction this is 
really damaging stuff. Yeah, you know, people people who are really struggling. You hear a lot about uh, people in internet cafes and things like that in in uh, particularly in Asia mm. where they just sit there for days and die because they yeah. don't move you know mm-hmm. they get deep vein thrombosis and they just they just pass away yeah. because they're 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 so addicted to staying there and playing i remember there was a story of a, a couple that got married in i think it was in south korea um and literally the bride just got married at her husband like her groom's desk um because wow. he, he wasn't able to kind of get up and like you say people do just die at their, at their desks and it's it's yeah. a terrible thing um, yeah, there's been a lot of debate on social media about whether this is a real thing or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first thing I saw about it when this kind of was breaking news was um, Jessie Cox, who you may be familiar with on, mm-hmm. on gaming YouTube stuff, uh, had just tweeted and said, why why do people care whether it's a real thing? Like, whether it's, like if, if you don't have video game addiction, you don't really need to worry about whether or not it's real and whether yeah. it should be in this diagnostics manual. Like if if people are feeling like they have something that is video game addiction and they need some help, then it's good that this has been classified Officially as a real thing. Yeah. Then they're able to seek that help. Uh if if you're if if you're not one of those people, it doesn't really affect you. Especially in the USA where it's not taxpayers' money going on uh, you know, the the health of other people. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I don't think people need to worry too much about whether or not it's there's enough evidence for whether it's a real thing. Yeah. I certainly think. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a psychology graduate. Oh, uh, really using that well? Aren't yeah, I? look I at mean, you. Go. Now's my chance to shine. Go for it, Peter. Uh, I studied um, addiction for a few years, and um, literally, that is, you know, if you swap out the word video game for like, you know, drugs or gambling, gambling in in this first paragraph that you read about, you know giving priorities over other interests, um, continuing despite impairments in family relationships and so on, losing control, unable to stop, you know, that's that's literally the definition of like drug addiction mm-hmm. and, and gambling addiction. Gambling is a good parallel as well because like what's what's the big difference between sitting at a slot machine, which most people would recognize, you know, those people who go to Vegas and they're unable to get up from their seat and they sink tens of thousands of dollars a night, yeah. you know, most people would recognize that as gambling addiction and they wouldn't have a, a bad word to say about that being added to a diagnostics manual. So and it's not just a financial aspect. Either, oh, no, like... it's not. But, you know, it, it's certainly the behaviors associated mm-hmm. with that. You 100%. know, what what's the big difference if you swap that slot machine for a PlayStation and someone sits there for days at a time? Um, yeah, potentially sinking money into it, but maybe not. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's not really any different. Um, so I don't really understand why people are so confused as to why this has been recognized now. No, I do understand that there there could be some concerns, particularly with the uh, the ESA, the Entertainment Software Association, who we've spoken about before when talking about loot boxes and yeah. the US government potentially getting involved. And that would basically change the way video games are sold. True. And that could have knock-on effects. It's sort of a case of we kind of need to regulate ourselves rather than risk outside interference that could just affect everything, have Mm. a knock-on effect on everything. And I understand that angle where if this becomes more prevalent and, you know, people, lots of people start claiming to have this, then government bodies could quite reasonably step in to start very strictly regulating this stuff. Mm -hmm. And as you said, I don't really understand why people would take issue with it 
from the other point of view in that it doesn't affect them yeah. at all. And if these people need help, then they, they should be allowed to get it. Yeah. So it's it's a bit of a tricky situation in that if someone is struggling with an addiction of any kind, they should be able to get the help they need. But if governments and political entities start to get involved, how is that going to affect everybody else? Mm. Uh, it could have a larger effect on on other aspects of you know, or even just us playing games, you know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I've not I've not thought of that aspect of it in terms of yeah, if they have to start regulating it in the same way they might regulate you know cigarettes and alcohol and might might put a massive tax all of a sudden on video gaming, mm. um, you know, like a, a governing body. I mean, yeah, that's that's not great, but like when you compare it to like you say, if if this becomes more prevalent and people start getting diagnosed with this stuff and mm-hmm. suddenly it's it's revealed that like, hang on. We've had ex- experts look into this, and it turns out that there's like thousands upon thousands of people in the states or Europe or a- anywhere in the world who are really actually kind of suffering as a result of being addicted to this, yeah, uh, you know, medium. Then, kind of like, well, maybe it should be a bit more carefully, uh, you know, moderated. Um, there are already warnings that, you know, even the Wii mm. said when you start it up, take a break every hour or so yeah. and get up and walk around. Don't forget to use the wrist strap or you might smash your TV. There's only so much <laughs> developers and publishers can do. Like, they can't they can't just shut the game down after three hours because yeah. then that would be in violation of probably all sorts of user agreements mm-hmm. that, you know, you paid your money, I want to play this thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that I would welcome with open arms the idea that the government l- might literally step in and say, hang on, this is an epidemic, this is a problem, let's really s- put our foot down and yeah. stop gaming from happening. Uh. I don't want that to happen, obviously. But equally, I don't want loads and loads of people, especially if it's an increasing phenomenon, which uh, I don't know if it is, but, you know, that might be related to why it's suddenly been added with a you know to a diagnostics manual because maybe it's more prevalent you know if if, if it's going up that's kind of a bit concerning mm-hmm. and um people people might need help and uh you know it just pe- I, I kind of uh i worry about people you know with with young children mm-hmm. i think there is a lot more onus on the parents just to be like look you can play your, enough now. play your playstation for like two hours tonight or an hour or whatever and that's fine but I think as soon as people get into their teens and beyond and maybe go and live on their own, then, yeah, you probably could get stuck in a bit of a rut. Yeah, and um, and I think the only way the government would ever get involved is either if there's an ulterior motive, so it's a, it's a politician who is outspoken in their hatred of video games yeah. for whatever reason uh, and is, is claiming it's a crusade for, for health reasons, but actually they just hate video games, so yeah. screw that. Or if they, yeah, the, the gremlins are upstairs stamping around. Yeah. Or if they suddenly, miraculously start taking video games really seriously, mm-hmm. which I don't think they will. And this is something else that's a bit odd about people's reactions to it, where it's like the World Health Organization is taking video games seriously. Mm-hmm. They are as a serious thing that people like to do, a pastime that's legitimate. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's just video games. And these are the same people who are probably falling over themselves to defend video games mm-hmm. in the same breath and say that they're art and so on. Yeah. Like, it's a two-way street. You know, if if you want to be legitimately recognized as 
something that isn't for children, then you need to allow be for people... Be a bit people, grown up about yeah, it. Yeah, well, you need to be an adult about it for a start. Yeah. And when people are genuinely suffering because of it, that, you know, you need to respect that, you know, just because you're not affected. Just because it's like, oh, I used to, I used to play video games like... 10 hours at a time like all night when i was at uni mm. and i'm fine so yeah. that's not what just this smile. is though. that's not what this is just smile why don't you just be happy just go outside and like hang out with your friends when you're done w w maybe what's, you can't what's the issue that's kind of the point of the diagnosis really case in point bbc report here sean lost his family and job to gaming addiction sometimes playing first person shooter games on one occasion spending a solid 48 hours in front of his computer i remember shouting at my partner telling the children to go away Matthew Priest, a senior therapist at UK Addiction Treatment Group, UCAT, says there has been a significant increase in the number of people seeking treatment. The group, which has traditionally treated people for alcohol, drug and gambling problems, says there, that it has seen a, uh, the number of people wanting help with gaming addiction rise year on year from four in 2014 to 22 in 2018. Well, there you go. And that's just the people who are getting help. And that's a small amount of people, and it may seem insignificant, but those people clearly really need help. Mm. And the people who need help should be allowed to get it and legitimately recognizing this as an issue that's the thing those are the people who it's a good thing oh sorry yeah i thought you you just finished your sentence <laughs> that's fine uh that th those are the people who have who've sought help before it's even been officially recognized as a condition yeah so you know if if even 22 people can come in 2018 and be like hey i, I know this isn't like a thing but to me it's a thing and i need some help um you know Maybe maybe it will actually help by recognizing it a bit more. And then p a lot of people who maybe have been thinking for a few years now, oh, man, I've really got a problem, but I can't just wander into rehab. No one's going to take me seriously. Yeah, maybe they will now. And if those people can get some benefit out of this, then I'm actually all for of it. Yeah, all, all for of it. He's all, he's, I'm all for uh, he's of He's all things. full of it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think we we both fall on the same side of the fence here in mm. that this, this is a good thing because it legitimizes the issue and people, as you said, who have been putting off potentially getting help because they don't think anyone will take them seriously yeah. or maybe they've been just laughed at by their friends and family because it's like, pff, just video games. Just yeah. Stop being a stinky nerd and off. get out of your cave, yeah. you know? Like, no, people sometimes really do. They get stuck in there and they can't. Mm. And, uh, and this hopefully will be a step towards helping those people. But at the same time, I do see what the ESA is concerned about for exactly yeah. the same reason... Perhaps this generally pales in comparisons to people's health in this instance, mm. uh, but I, I do understand people's concerns at the same time that more regulation on video games isn't necessarily a good thing, and that's what this could lead to. But that's the thing. It could lead to it. It's not going to lead no. to it. And equally, I still think there's still a long way to go before most governments take video games seriously enough to to start regulating them themselves anyway. Yeah. So. There we go. Let us know, though, what you think of all this in the comments below. Let us know what you think about uh, Death Stranding mm. and the Avengers game and E3. We'll be talking a lot about E3 next week. And, of course, the podcast that comes at the end of E3 week will be full of E3 discussion. So it we'll will. be asking for all your E3 questions for that as well. Pitch a, uh, uh, a patriotic... Um uh, PUBG alternative um, for your nation in Public the comments. Public Yes. Let us know in the comments. Peter, where can they find us? Team Triple Jump. Everywhere. That's... Are you... Sorry, I just punched the... Oh, my God. That oh, was sorry. way harder. That was way harder. That's our YouTube channel, our Twitch channel, twitch.tv, Twitter and Facebook. 
uh, if you're young or 50. Yep. Patreon is uh, Team Triple Jump. And if you go on there, you can ask questions for this very podcast as well as get other awards, such mm. as early worst games ever and a T-shirt. And uh, we do a voice chat sometimes every month with our patrons. Uh, the podcast that you're listening to right now, if you're watching on YouTube, you can get it in audio form at play.acast.com forward slash S forward slash triple jump. Not team triple jump. No, not that one. The website is triple j dot mup. That's J-U dot M-P. Mm-hmm. You could go to our shop there and buy shirts and hoodies and, and moodies. Yeah, we're wearing some of them in the video right now. Yeah. And we've got a Discord as well sure uh, with do. a special patron pay- Patreon patron room. Patron, That's just bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do Peter at that Peter Austin, myself at confused underscore dude, and Instagram. That's something we're trying to use more of now. Yeah. At that Peter Austin and at Ben Potter 20. Lists, they come to you every Tuesday and Thursday. Streams every Monday, Tuesday and Thursday. Thursday being YouTube. Monday, Tuesday being Twitch. Mm -hmm. Worst games is fortnightly. And this week is a Worst Games Ever week. If you are a Patreon, Patreon supporter even, over at patreon.com you would have gotten the Worst Games Ever for this week on Friday. Yeah. You get it two days early. For all the rest of your scrubs, it's, uh, no, I don't mean that, uh, it's, uh, it's tomorrow, Sunday. So look forward to that. Podcast is every Saturday. Please leave an iTunes review or a review on your platform of choice. That'd be great. Mm. And one... Final thank you to this week's sponsor, Super Mario Plum Boys. If you're after plums, they're juicy, ripe, and they're ready to get in your mouth holes. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah, there's a bit of confusion at the start there. They clarified uh, at the end here. Yeah, this just the paper said it was this fruit thing. It's a fruit thing. I thought it was Super Mario Plums. It's a fruit thing. Right. Available now at triple jur.mup forward slash shop green grips yes uh, thank you very much Peter thank you Ben it's time to go home well not really we've got other stuff to do but metaphorically it's time to scarlet that fire bye everyone bye 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 everyone bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 